Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Mark with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. Axon Tire would like to help. Uh, well, they would like to help our de- listeners too, but they also, if, if you're interested in in a Axon travel notepad, uh, the loyal listeners of Moving Iron Podcast, send a email to market at axontire.com and Axon Tire will send you a free travel notepad. Uh, it's got a little book. Open it up. Got a notepad in there and a pen. So that will send you out a couple of those actually. So if you're interested in that, Send an email to marketing at axontire.com and make sure to tell them that the Moving Iron Podcast sent you. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is also brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Chip Nellinger is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and he's nice to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So, Chip, how are you doing this morning, man? Hey, doing well. It is a full-fledged fall here, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. it. Uh, I had a four-hour road trip yesterday east uh, all the way to Indianapolis and south. I saw one field of beans cut on the way there, and on the way back, I saw about four combines rolling. So, it is going to really pick up steam here going into the weekend, and uh it's it's that time of year, and the weather is starting to uh, feel like uh, like full fledged fall now. Yeah, it's this is one of my favorite times of the year because about anything that you want to get done uh, in this time frame is, is happening right now. We're out here, we're digging sugar beets, we're picking up edible beans, we're getting that final cut of hay done, we're getting um, you know getting cutting or chopping silage and you know 
corn harvest is knocking on the door here in about 30 to 45 days. So it's been a, uh, it's definitely a time of the year where things are, are rolling and, and, uh, it's, uh, a unique time to talk to customers. I can tell you that <laughs> it's uh it's a busy time and it's, uh, it is, it seems like it's been a, a long growing season and I think everybody's ready to get this crop out of the field and uh, get it in the bin. So hopefully everyone stays safe yep. out there. Yep. So overnight, man, there's been a lot of pressure in the marketplace. You saw a huge, um, uh, backside pressure, I guess from from the uh, the Fed's news about raising rates, what we saw there, um, oil. Let's talk about that one for a minute. Oil overnight has just gotten shellacked, man. It's down to uh, I have to pull it up here and take a look at it. But it looks like it's almost near eighty dollars right now. I guess take a look at that chip. That's got to be a huge technical marker from where oil's been, how far it's slid down. Now that that, that eighty dollar mark has got to be putting some real pressure on the on the oil market. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and a huge swing, you know, um, essentially 24 hours ago from when we're recording right now, crude oil was up like almost $3 a barrel. And, you know, wham, uh, it wasn't, uh, didn't even take till noon. You were almost back to unchanged and then a huge reversal for lower overnight. You still have all these markets, financial markets, um, still kind of pressured by the Federal Reserve uh, interest rate uh, increase. It was pretty well telegraphed and, and anticipated three quarters of a percent on sure. Wednesday afternoon. <clears throat> but since that time, we've had some uh, continuing pressure in the stock market. Interest rates are, are sharply higher. Crude oil, uh, you know, now kind of pressuring that $80 level in the December contract. If you give way there, technically on a chart, it looks like you could, uh, you know, drop a, a significant amount more, you know, maybe even arguably into the mid to upper 60s. Um, in my mind, the, the crude oil market is a good proxy for the general economy. And, you know, uh, the Federal Reserve is pretty well, you know, given the world their playbook, uh, opened it up and underlined, uh, you know, the, the play they're running here. And it is, we're going to raise interest rates high enough to stop inflation. And, you know, boys and girls, that's going to be painful. It's going to slow the economy. And, um, you know, I don't think they've made any, uh, you know, qualms about the pain that's coming. And, and these markets are, are reflecting that. The grain markets have held together until today uh, really right. well. I, I thought they just kind of shrugged things off and, and really held together well. But today, I, I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I just think that the weather's pretty good across the whole Corn Belt. Basis is still good. Harvest is, you know, it's like they flipped the switch here. And, uh, and harvest is really going. So you combine this pressure in, in uh, crude oil, the stock market really selling off, uh, the dollar at 20-plus-year highs, and then an open harvest weekend, and the grain markets are, are kind of taking it on the chin here um, you know, in the overnight and early morning trade. Um, I think the break will be well-supported, but um, you know, it's, it's a tough environment for the grain markets to rally because there's they're just lacking right. that bullish spark right now and they look at the crude oil market the stock market and it's easy to to sell off in that environment unfortunately yeah yeah so so let's talk about that a little bit too so the other thing we were looking at, at what we saw happen in and you know that september report come out and that september report really highlighted some of those deficiencies that we've seen in in carry out no big surprise there i mean that's 
that's not a big shock to anybody. Um, I think one thing that the USDA did, and again, it was telegraphed widely when you start looking at the uh, the various groups that, that, that go out and, and do these estimations, but rolling back the, the estimated um, bushels per acre on, on about everything except for soybeans, you know, they kept soybeans about where it's at, but looking at that stuff, you're at a harvest slow time anyway. I mean, that's just kind of where we're at um, at that time of the year, but leading up to this point, we saw a big climb in, in those in those markets. Looking at that, do you think this is just a blip on the radar right now, Chip? Do you expect to see uh, a kind of a dead cat bounce type of thing here after today, or do you feel like this is going to be more of a trend moving towards the next couple of months? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it could be a couple-week trend, uh, mm-hmm. meaning if, if we've got an open harvest window here um, for a couple of weeks, and it looks like we do over uh, this way, uh, I think you could keep some pressure on these markets. <clears throat> you know, face value, going back to that September report, it was wildly bullish. And, and the market had rallied into it, as you mentioned, and then continued to rally um, after that report. Uh, and so if it weren't for these outside markets and the pressure you're seeing uh, in some of these markets, like crude oil and the stock market and, and strength in the dollar, I think we'd probably be at a higher level uh, than we already are in corn and beans. So I do think that um, you know the stocks are very tight. Um, next week uh, on the 30th, I believe it's next Friday, we've got the quarterly stocks report. That'll give us what our final old crop ending stocks are. And then on October 12th, we've got the uh, uh, you know the next uh, USDA report where they're going to do an update on yields and, and demand. So I think the next two, three weeks here um, with harvest advancing could pressure the market a little bit. I don't think that you're you know going to drop corn uh, a dollar, but you could drop it, um, you know, 40, 50 cents easy enough and 60 to 80 cents in beans. I think that the end user community will take that break uh, if we see that and extend some coverage. And then it's just about, you know, the the rate of change from the USD on the October crop report. Do they have another two or three right. bushels to cut in corn and another bushel in beans? If that's the case, we're probably going to have a heck of a rally into winter. Um, do they stabilize it or maybe go back up a touch and get the market thinking, okay, they're very close on yield. Um, maybe we just continue to slop around a little bit. So, um, I think in the short run, next two, three weeks, just looking at harvest advancing, you could easily have a sell-off, especially if you keep these outside markets under pressure and crude oil continues, uh, to sell off. And, um, you know, but I do think that that break at some point, typically, probably by the October 12th crop report, We'll find some sort of uh, kind of quote unquote harvest low, and and then you know try to stage a rally uh, on into winter, and and then it's it's a wild card. You know you got so many things affecting it with the outside markets. The South American weather situation is going to get front and center here uh, pretty quickly, and uh, going to continue to have a lot of factors that drive yeah. a, a tremendous amount of volatility. Yep, you take a look at I pulled up. Uh... A business insider um, and, and looking through it, and they have a an indices um, section that you can go look at. And they got a map of the world, and you click on the country, and it, you know you can look at the everything's red except for the entire world is down today, except for yeah. Italy and Chile. They're the only two places that are green right now, and they're just like barely green. So there's a lot of pressure right now in the world, especially when you, you, you've seen it. I mean, we've what the European Union's doing with with raising rates, what the U.S. is doing with raising rates, rates, China's raising rates, um, but you can't really trust what China says very well. Obviously, 
obviously Moscow, you know, and, and Russia and those, what they're doing there is not, they've got another whole another batch of problems on top of all that. So there's just a, a ton of, of, like you just said, it, volatility in the, uh, in the entire world right now. That's just pointing to Japan. a lot of downward. But, uh, yeah. Don't Japan. forget about Japan. They're an absolute mess right now. <laughs> oh, and yeah. that's, that's been yeah, one thing that's slacks. driven some of this, uh, dollar strengths uh is japan's bucking the trend saying yeah no we're going to keep interest rates at zero we don't need to raise rates and and it's just crushing their currency you know yeah. japan's a huge importer of our uh agricultural goods particularly corn and, and so yeah. you know it's a it's it's a scary situation out there and uh almost today you know you look at these markets s&p futures just getting crushed in here and rates up the metals just getting killed crude oil getting smoked it almost feels like you know something's breaking <laughs> unfortunately it's a little bit yeah. a little bit of a scary feel in here right now in these outside markets yep. and obviously it's going to spill over to our grain and livestock markets too so let's talk about this next thing i was going to bring up let's talk about the dollar a little bit you see happening there the dollar has shown some had a, had a pretty big surge there for just a little bit and then we saw kind of a collapse not the right word but it fell off pretty quick from those those uh those highs we saw which is i mean it's almost like you used a, a good a good analogy about two or three podcasts ago you know the cleanest dirty shirt syndrome and that that was uh you've seen that now right now with the dollar it's still one of the it's still up there it's still higher i mean right now we're almost parity with the with the euro um you know if you take a look at, at the canadian dollar versus the u.s dollar um we're uh about 35 percent higher i mean so that's got to put some pressure when you start looking at at how the Canadian market is is being priced in there as far as grains goes. So I guess you're looking at the at the uh, dollar right now, Chef. I mean, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I mean, you back to that cleanest dirty shirt, right? The United States was the first one, first country to start raising rates. Uh, they've raised them further and faster than other places in the world. Uh, you know, uh, other countries you mentioned earlier are starting to come along. Uh, and raise their rates as well. But that's all the dollar uh, in any currency um, <coughs> cross rates are, just a differential in interest rates. So a um, lot of money flowing in uh, to the dollar because that's the highest yield right now. Highest, uh, you know, in kind of the safe, normal world. I mean, you could put your money uh, in Argentina, uh, you know, where they're 70% inflation rate, but it's not very stable there. And and so that's throwing a lot of money into the dollar. It's crushed some of these other uh, currencies. Uh, it's created a lot of problems. So as as bad as it is here, when we go fill up our car, or go out to eat, it, it's even worse in other uh, parts of the world because of the strength in the dollar and the weakness in their uh, own currencies. And you know, yesterday morning on Thursday morning, we had the export sales report. It wasn't very good. And, and so if that's going to be the trend, that's a real problem. Uh, real headwind that we've got in in all our products. You know, how can we sell this uh, in, to the rest of the world when it's getting more expensive? Our products are getting more expensive daily because their currency is going lower. Their economies are slowing down. Uh, it's a bad combination to to have. Um, all that being said, there's still some inelasticity to demand. Right? People have to eat. Livestock have to be fed. Um, and so there still is going to be some demand. And until South America comes online with new crop production uh, late winter, we're one of the only places uh, in the world right now you can get corn uh, and beans. And, and that's a good thing. 
but uh, it's a it's a scary environment out here. You know, on the one hand, you got really tight stocks, maybe the crop shrinking, tightening stocks further. Uh, that's friendly. On the other hand, you've got this what uh, seems to be an apparent world slowdown in uh, in the economy, and that's going to curtail demand a little bit. And so it's just it's going to keep things you know wildly volatile, in my opinion. It doesn't mean we can't have upside. I, I think eventually you're going to you know be north of seven dollars on corn and, and north of fifteen dollars on beans. But it's going to be a bumpy uh, roller coaster uh, type of a, of a ride in here, and obviously we've got some some issues in the uh, world economy right now, and the and the gears running the world economy. Yep. Yeah, and you look at um, like some other of these other type of currencies like Bitcoin and all those kind of things, and they're just getting hammered today. So yeah, everything's getting tore up. So all right, next thing I want to talk to you about too was was when you're looking at what we see happening right now and the guys you're talking with and you're looking at the dryness right now as people go into drill wheat um this year what are some of the <laughs> that's going to be an edit um what are some of the things you're seeing as far as uh some of the news you're getting out of like Kansas and in eastern oklahoma western oklahoma when it comes to um the wheat situation yeah, extremely dry. <laughs> yeah. Extremely dry situation. You know, I think producers are just kind of, uh, you know, sticking seed in the ground, hoping that there's uh, some moisture at some point along the way to get a stand and, and get this thing up and growing and into winter. Uh, we haven't turned the drought yet. Still uh, real problems out there. You see the wheat market actually, in spite of all the negativity uh, in these outside markets, you know, maybe one of the shining stars recently is the wheat market day moving average. Um, of course, getting her is going to escalate in, in Ukraine, not uh, slow down or end anytime soon. And we're having right. problems with dry weather in the plains still. Uh, maybe we just got, uh, you know, too low. And so it's the first time in a long time we've kind of challenged. And I think yesterday closed above that 200 day moving average. That's kind of the line in the sand that the funds use to get in and out of uh, positions. They're short. And so now they'd be trying to get out of shorts and maybe build a long position. And part of that is exactly what you said. We've got some still a, a potential production problem, uh, you know, in the northern hemisphere, at least in the in the uh, southern plains right now. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long, hot summer, man. I'll tell you what, it's, it's been I'm ready for some cool, wet weather to come through. We're starting to see that you know, <laughs> out here. We're starting to see that cool weather come through and it's bringing some rains with it. Um, it's kind of too little, too late for a lot of situations as far as any anything is going to do for any crops. But hopefully, we can keep that moisture up and, and through the through the fall and into the winter and have some good planting conditions going back into the spring. Yeah, it is. It's it's overdue, man. Though it has been a rough go for those guys, and you know the Panhandle, yeah. Oklahoma, Kansas. It it's not fixed itself yet. It's, and it, when one rain's not going to do it, they just need some. Some uh, some snow this winter, maybe some rains before it gets uh, too cold, and you know, slowly but surely, hopefully by next spring we can uh, kind of fix uh, and heal some of the some of the problems out there. But it's it's going to be a slow slow road in doing that. Yep. All right. So let's talk about the uh, cattle complex real quick. Uh, looking over at what Box Beef has done over the last couple of weeks, and, and we've seen some premium there get shaved off. You start looking at cattle and feed reports. And I think there's a uh, a feedlot inventory report that comes out. I mean, cattle feed report that comes out today, if I'm not correct, if I'm right. But 
I guess looking at that chip, there's more and more um, cattle being put on feed drought situation, those kind of things, some herd liquidation, those kind of things, which is nothing new. It's been going on for a while. <clears throat> As you look at this situation in, in the beef complex there, I guess when do you start seeing some of that rebound that we've been talking about here a lot? You know, a lot of people have been talking about, oh, there's going to be a rebound because of, you know, we're going to stop liquidating the herd. We're going to start growing the herd, you know, these kind of things. And and we're starting to see, um, we're still seeing that reduction. So the price is still being elevated. I guess talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's an interesting market right now because um, of what you mentioned, right? Like the, the whole drought situation has really extended the window of, of this herd liquidation or breeding stock liquidation. And it's put some extra, uh, you know, volume uh, on the market. But as you look out at the futures, you know, here recently, the last two or three days, we've had a pretty healthy sell-off from the highs, but the deferred live cattle futures have, you know, been well north of 150. So we are reflecting that a little bit, but yet we can't turn the corner. We still have big numbers on feed. You mentioned the cattle on feed reports this afternoon. Uh, it's likely still going to show big numbers. We haven't ended that. So to answer your question, it's mother nature, right? Do we, do we kind of heal things up? We need to get the drought fixed in pasture conditions and and grass in better shape and then once that happens which is going to be spring at the earliest but that's when i think the next cycle it kind of got pushed out because the drought um you know extended but if we can ever kind of turn the drought get pasture and rangeland back in shape and get producers wanting to you know put cattle back on grass when they have grass and and, and they have some uh, some hay to feed, that's when that demand will really start shrinking the supply of cattle. They'll have to repopulate their herds. They'll have to pull heifers, um, you know, out of the supply chain, so to speak. And, and that's when things get really scary bullish. If, if you can time that at the same time that the economy kind of catches hold and starts growing again, um, it gets really scary bullish out there, but it, it's, it's kind of because of the drought pushed out a ways, I think spring at the earliest and, and it might be extended even further if we can't get to some better moisture in some of these drier areas of the plains. Right okay. Hey, well, good stuff as usual, Chip. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing at Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, best way to just call our office, 309-550-7213. You can also, um, uh, you know, obviously uh, get a hold of me, C. Nellinger at uh, BlueReefInc.com. That's a long email. I wasn't thinking very well uh, 12 years ago when we we, uh, got those uh, email addresses. So just call our office. That's the easiest way because uh, my email is really long and my name's hard to spell. And I wasn't thinking very well when... uh, when I uh, designed my my uh, my email address, yeah, yeah, I've got the same same issue with my email address as well. So, all right, Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. I appreciate being on here, Casey. Thanks, bud. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Find me on LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and you can also find me on the ever so cleverly named Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. So check that out. And you will uh, see the video version of this podcast here. If you need more information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th, um, you can send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com 
or you can go to movingironllc.com and you can see what a similar lineup would look like for the 23 um, with the 22 stuff that's up there right now. So if you are want some more information like that, just like I said, send me an email, moving iron podcast, movingironpodcast.com or go to movingironllc.com and you'll get all the information that you need right there. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's move some iron folks. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hard work 